We are speaking with the geopolitical analyst Baha Udin Foizi, where we'll be discussing the geopolitics of Asia Pacific. Um, Mr. Foize is an international affairs columnist and specializes in Greater Asia Pacific, Middle Eastern, and European geopolitics. His articles have appeared in many international outlets such as The Diplomat, Asia Times, Eurasia Review, Modern Diplomacy, International Policy Digest, and leading Dhaka-based English dailies including The Independent, The Financial Express, and Daily Observer. He is also a legal practitioner. He holds a law degree from the University of London. Let's start first with Myanmar and Bangladesh, since you are in Dhaka. The governments uh, and civilian militant factions in Myanmar are fighting against the stateless Rohingya Muslim minority. Meanwhile, this is all spilling over into Bangladesh, as over 2 million uh, Rohingya have, well, they've had to go into India and into Bangladesh. You've recently, recently also written on Bangladesh's military drills and their increased readiness and preparations to deal with any threat or security situation. While the straightforward analysis would say that this is a classic case of irredentism and apartheid between Myanmar and the Rohingya, um, some other theories have said that the West is assisting the Rohingya Muslims in order to destabilize an independently-minded Myanmar and China. What are your thoughts on what is happening in Myanmar and then afterwards as well, what is happening with Bangladesh? Well, thank you for inviting me for an interview. Uh, I would like to uh, note a, 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 a correction here. Uh, many uh, platforms recognizes me, addresses me as uh, analyst uh, on European affairs also, but that's not correct. Uh, like uh, I don't specialize on European affairs, but that's uh, something I write on occasionally. Uh, now, uh, regarding this Myanmar issue, uh, this uh, issue has been on rise uh, since 2016. In fact, uh, going back to 2012, there was uh, one more, uh, I would say, ethnic cleansing attempt like this, which has been happening now for for quite a days. And it continued in 2006. Now, 2017, it is a further continuation of the effort to clean the uh, to uh, make an ethnic cleansing of the Muslim population in Myanmar. Uh, so many analysts have said so many different uh, issues about it, but something that is not said in the uh, conventional media is the army who is uh, capitalizing on this fear of, of the Buddhists uh, uh, to, uh, so that they can gain, they can control the Myanmar societies through the monks. And on the other hand, the Arsa, which is the... Uh, Arakan Rohingya Salvation Army, that is a militant organization formed for, by the Rohingyas and that is waging a war against the Myanmar army. They are also doing the same thing. By attacking the Myanmar army, they want Myanmar army to respond by uh, attacking the Rohingya general population. And when that happens, it acts and it goes for in favor of the Arsa which is waging already a war against Myanmar, and they get the support and moral support and also in terms of recruitment support from the 
uh, Myanmar army's attack on the Rohingya population. Now, what happens is when this Rohingya population is coming to Bangladesh, Bangladesh is also facing two types of problem. One is humanitarian problem. Uh, they cannot afford to, you know, uh, they cannot afford to provide foods and shelters for all these people. People, they are struggling a lot. The other thing is there is a security implication uh, in the sense that the Rohingyas which are coming, uh, the government authorities and the uh, security authorities in Bangladesh are suspecting that there are militants, uh, Rohingya militants, in the cover of the Rohingya general refugees who are coming and crossing the border in Bangladesh. So in that aspect also, Bangladesh is facing a very very uh, uh, serious scenario. Recently, uh, Inspector General of Police, A.K.M. Shahidul Haq, instructed field-level police officials to keep an eye on the Rohingyas following the allegation that some of them are being motivated by, to join the IS. However, uh, there is not much clarity whether, or, or uh, we don't know the facts that whether that these are the true, true or not, whether Rohingyas are collaborating with the IS or not, but the fear is there in terms of the Bangladeshi population. They are in fear. However, they also want to help the Rohingyas who are coming to Bangladesh. And in terms of the security issues in Bangladesh, uh, which is which was already in bad shape from 2016, uh, in fact, 2013, I would say, uh, which was in bad shape, uh, because of a series of attacks on the minorities, on the atheists, on the bloggers, uh, and which continued till 2016 and uh, outbursted uh, as, uh, in the Holy Artisan attack, through the Holy Artisan attack. Uh, that incident actually changed the whole face of Bangladesh in front of the international community. International community from 2016 on, onward uh, started to portray and see Bangladesh as a country that you can, you know, compare with uh, uh, Pakistan, uh, where there is a there is an ongoing militancy in many provinces. So that was the case. However, Bangladesh authorities were quick, and they responded the militant threat very, very, uh, uh, very uh, in a very good manner in a in a in a heart eating manner and they now the militants are in the back foot and the uh, law enforcement and the security agencies are always a step ahead from the militants uh, this year alone uh, bangladesh security forces has arrested hundreds of uh, uh, militants before the they executed any plan or uh, during their planning phase of any attacks. So that was a good improvisation in terms of Bangladeshi security personnel. And also in case of the, uh, uh, the police, uh, uh, government wanted to uh, uh, enhance the capabilities of the Bangladesh police in order to uh, tackle the uh, security issues and Bangladesh uh, government has taken a number of attempts in that regard. Uh, and also, so, uh, um, you, you mentioned these these attacks. The the Bangladeshi government says claims that 
almost all, most if not all of these attacks are homegrown and are not linked to any outside terrorist forces. Yes, Would yes, there, there, is, there is, there is, there is, there is this uh, debate going on between, you can say, the international community and the Bangladesh government that uh, the the uh, militants are homegrown. The Bangladeshi government is saying the militants are homegrown, whereas the international community, they say that they are the, the militants that are attacking in streets of Bangladesh are linked to either IS or Al-Qaeda. They say uh, international, according to the international community, the JMB, Jamaatul Mujahid in Bangladesh, uh, is a branch of the ISIS in Bangladesh. And the ABT, which is Ansarullah Bangla team, they are an affiliate of the Al-Qaeda in Indian uh, subcontinent. However, Bangladesh government again and again refuses it. Uh, on the uh, And they say that there is no evidence to prove uh, what the international community has been saying regarding these organizations. However, uh, when uh, during the Holy Artisan attack, the uh, at, uh, the videos of the attackers, the pictures of the attackers was posted in the ISIS media right during the uh, operation was going on. Uh, that actually created a question uh, or a you know, uh, that throwed a question to the face of the Bangladeshi government that uh, whether they have to uh, then accept that uh, the international uh, the international organizations, military organizations are present in Bangladesh. However, they continued uh, the pre- uh, their previous with their previous stance that there is no militant organization that are linked to the international organization. They are homegrown and they have been there uh, from 2000. 2003 onwards, and uh, while while saying this, Bangladesh government again and again uh, quotes one thing that in 2005 there was a serious bomb blast which took place in 64 districts of Dhaka. Sorry, uh, 64 districts in Bangladesh, all over Bangladesh, and they say that there there was no ISIS during that time, and GMB was capable enough during that time to. Uh, conduct such a large-scale attack throughout the whole country. So the same GMB is doing this thing now without any help of the international organization as they were capable, they saw it, they shown it before, and they're doing it now. I, I will say that the Bangladesh government has done a lot in terms of tackling this threat. And I will say that there are other countries like Pakistan and and uh, say, for example, uh, in some African countries, they Bangladesh has uh, success uh, has done so so many things with regard to tackling this issue that they have been successful in curbing the militants in the country largely. From 2016 July, if you say that that, that attack on the Holy Artisan and immediate other attack on the Eid Congregation in similar same month. After that, after July 2016, until today, there was very less attacks. In fact, the major two attacks has only saw three, uh, two injured and one people died. Other than that, uh, there was no not much casualties. And these major two attacks was taken place one in and uh, in, in front of an air, air, airport in Dhaka, and the other one in front of a headquarter of a 
security agency called Rapid Action Battalion. Other than that, there was no major attack. There was a few attacks that were in low intensity and that did not uh, cause any casualties. So this is by far a success uh, of the Bangladeshi authorities to deal with this and to uh, curb the militancy. And if you if you say that, like, uh, then again, if we see that uh, uh, White House officials and uh, the assessment from the White House, Washington, they uh, again and again release reports that Bangladesh is a major threat, is a threatful, is is, is a location. Uh, they <clears throat> they uh, say that uh, in traveling in Bangladesh is risky as of yet. However, if you see the uh, uh, scale of attacks in Paris for last one year or uh, 2016 and 17, and if you compare that attack with in Dhaka, the, the ones that taken place in Dhaka, you would see the intensity, the casualty, the risk, the risk are far much lesser in Dhaka than what you can find in Paris. So in that calculation, you can say a person in the streets of Dhaka is much safer than in the street of Paris. I'm not saying any other European countries. I'm particularly talking about Paris because that has recently faced a lot of attack from the uh, militant, uh, from the uh, Islamic militants. So if you compare that with Dhaka, Dhaka is a far more better situation. And somehow uh, the some Western governments again and again have been uh, uh, saying that, no, it's a risky place. Uh, the business uh, and that those reports from the Washington and others uh, capitals of the Western countries are discouraging many businesses to enter into Bangladesh. And thus, Bangladesh is facing uh, 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 foreign investment deficiencies because of these reports. And speaking of Washington, where would you place geopolitically uh, Bangladesh within the geopolitics of Asia, Asia Pacific, uh, because we have this new great game going on. You've got China exerting its influence as the, as the major player in the region. You've got Washington trying to lessen China's influence with this Asia pivot. Uh, how does where does Bangladesh fit in to all of this? Well, uh, before Bangladesh, uh, I, I should talk about this uh, Indian Ocean and. Uh, India, then uh, Bangladesh is relevant because of India and China. So uh, I'll say a little bit about this too. India has been a good ally of Russia for a long while, whereas Pakistan has been an ally of US. That that is also for a long while. However, the uh, the closeness and proximity of Pakistan with China has pushed US to. Uh, uh, to uh, make an alliance with India, very recently strategic alliance, and this alliance further pushed Russia away from India and towards Pakistan. And Russia was already uh, uh, already uh, having a good relationship with China, with the, uh, because of their common enmity or, or rivalry with US. So. These are the players in the region. Uh, Russia, China, and Pakistan are seemingly uh, siding at one side, and in, uh, India and US are at the other side. Uh, 
So how Bangladesh becomes important in this region is the Indian Oceanic region, because of the Belt and Road Initiative and the Maritime Silk Road, has become a very important place. It it was already important place because of the trillions of trade that passes to this region. However, because of the China's declaration of Belt and Road Initiative and Maritime Silk Road, uh, the geopolitical importance of the region of the Indian Ocean uh, has become much more sensitive. Now, China wants to avoid uh, going through the Eastern India Ocean, passing through the Eastern Eastern Indian Ocean, where there is U.S. naval presence and some Southeast Asian allies of uh, U.S. is there and Indian naval presence is also there. So it is very difficult for China to pass that area because if India and U.S. wants to block China's commercial consignments in the eastern Indian Ocean, they can easily do so uh, because of their heavy presence out there. And there is the Strait of Malacca, uh, which is a very narrow strait where China can be easily blocked by Indian Navy and U.S. Navy and the U.S. Allied navies. So what China wants to do, China wants a route from Bangladesh and Pakistan so that they can buy land, come to Bangladeshi ports and Pakistani ports, and they can avoid major uh, routes that are sensitive and that, that are risky for them. Now, China is doing it with Pakistan under the CPEC, China-Pakistan Economic Corridor. China would uh, send its consignment through land uh, by, Pakistan, uh, by Pakistani. Uh, by the, uh, China will send its consignment through land uh, in Pakistani port of Gadawar, uh, Gwadar, in fact. Uh, and that consignment will be received by Chinese ships that will be standing in Arabian Ocean. Uh, Arabian Sea, sorry, Arabian Sea, and that uh, they they will load the ship and they will go through the Indian Ocean, the western part of the Indian Ocean. Uh, Thereby, they will be avoiding the eastern part of the Indian Ocean where there is a risk factor of U.S. and Indian naval presence. So that is is why CPEC has become very important for China to avoid the eastern Indian Ocean and to avoid the Indian and U.S. naval presence. Now, regarding Bangladesh, China also wants a route uh, through Myanmar. Uh, they, uh, China wants to reach Bangladeshi ports. And the similar thing they want to do with Bangladesh that they has they started doing with Pakistan under CPEC. Now, this initiative that China wants to do with Bangladesh is called BCIM, Bangladesh-China-India-Myanmar Economic Corridor, BCIMEC. However, in because of the Indian... Uh, disregard of this BCIM, China is thinking of excluding India and doing just BCM, which is Bangladesh, China, Myanmar, economic corridor, uh, avoiding India. So in that, if that happens, what would, what would we see in future that China is coming through Myanmar in Bangladesh and they are unloading their, their uh, lo- unloading their trucks and loading the ships and going through Bangladeshi ports and crossing the Bay of Bengal, Indian Ocean, and then reaching the Middle East or Africa, wherever they want to export their products or from wherever they want to import petroleum or uh, other fuel energies. 
Thus, with Bangladesh, China is getting the facility or advantage of avoiding it, the risk of Strait of Malacca, but still there is the risk that there is uh, some sort of uh, Indian and U.S. naval presence near Bangladesh. That would still be a factor uh, that would uh, that would be uh, problematic for China because through China, through Bangladeshi ports, Bang- uh, China is avoiding the Malacca dangerous Malacca Strait, but it can it, it cannot altogether avoid Indian naval presence in the region. However, through Pakistan, what China can do, China is totally avoiding the Indian and U.S. naval presence and easily reaching the uh, Arab region or African region through the Arabian Sea and Indian Ocean. So that is how Bangladesh is becoming important. The other factor is the uh, the, the Bay of Bengal, uh, whoever have, will have the naval supremacy in Bay of Bengal will act as a watchdog of the eastern part of the Indian Ocean. So in Bay of Bengal lies Bangladesh, India, and Myanmar. China has already uh, made a port in Myanmar, and India has presence by Indian coastlines in the Bay of Bengal. However, China wants one more presence, a deeper presence in Bay of Bengal through Bangladesh. It wants its naval, navy, uh, ships, and assets to, uh, uh, to be there in Bangladeshi waters so that uh, it can counter the Indian uh, naval presence in the region. Uh, China wants to do so by constructing a deep seaport, which it did in with Sri Lanka previously. Uh, it, 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 it had built a, a deep seaport in Sri Lanka, and it sent uh, submarines and other naval assets in the Sri Lankan port, uh, the similar thing that China wants to do with Bangladesh, but China wants to develop a deep sea port in Bangladesh and want to uh, make its naval presence visible in the Bay of Bengal through this. Uh, so these are the factors that are making Bangladesh a very important uh, uh, equation uh, in the region. So if I sum it up, there are two things. One thing that China's export and import route through Bangladesh, that is why Bangladesh is important, and through uh, and China's uh, naval presence that China wants to be in the Bangladesh shore. Th- these are the two reasons why Bangladesh is important for China. As for the U.S. and India, they just want to count, counter the Chinese growing influence in Bangladesh, and that is why they want Bangladesh to be within their political orbit and don't want to uh, give it away to China. That's the, that's the Indian and U.S. equation. However, the many analysts in Bangladesh recently are very uh, skeptic about the U.S. involvement, whether there, if there is any, uh, in the Myanmar issue. Now, many are thinking, many are per- perceiving and viewing that U.S. has a implied hand in uh, agitating the communities in the bordering areas because they they, they think that U.S. won uh, 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 some sort of insurgency in the uh, border of uh, Bangladesh and Myanmar, which is closer to uh, 
China. So if there is an Islamic insurgency that, go, that is going on in the border of Myanmar and Bangladesh, that will eventually spread or have will impact China very largely. Although this is uh, something you can call the uh, part of any conspiracy theory, but this is something that is uh, being talked about in talk shows in Bangladesh. That, uh, you know, uh, uh, gradually Bangla- many uh, talk show speakers are becoming very skeptic about the U.S. involvement throughout the world, especially uh, the fact that U.S. is somehow uh, backing the insurgents uh, in many parts of the world, including in Middle East. And is, is there, uh, so people are talking about it, is there any sense, any, any small piece of evidence to support that? No, there is no piece of evidence. And uh, frankly speaking, I am not, uh, I don't agree with them, but that is what actually, uh, as I have said, there is a, uh, suspicion there is uh, uh, from the part of many Bangladeshi uh, analysts that something like this is going on in the Middle East and this is coming in this area, this region currently. Uh, but I, I personally will not say that uh, U.S. has any interest in backing this kind of uh, movements, insurgencies. Uh, in fact, this will uh, in a way undermine U.S. Uh, interest in many regions of the world. You recently wrote about how we had Obama previously when he announced in 2008-9 the Asia pivot where the U.S. was going to increase its presence around uh, China right, right. In, in Australia uh, where they introduced some military bases uh, and so on. And Trump recently gave a speech and he's, he's going to continue that um, Asian presence uh, of the U.S., and so it's no surprise there. It's a, it doesn't matter who the president is. The policy stays the same. Uh, um, you also mentioned uh, briefly, and it's inter- interesting you wrote about this because I asked many of my guests, will we see an escalation towards a greater military conflict between Russia, China, and the USA? And often many guests do not think that it will lead to a serious war because of the nuclear deterrence. And you mentioned because all are members of the UN Security Council. So what are your thoughts on Washington's Asia pivot? Uh, Yes, Obama has made this strategy, Asia pivot strategy, as his flagship strategy. And through this, he has uh, started a trade uh, contest uh, against China, that that was aimed against China, and he started a, a trade contest and a military contest against China, centering uh, uh, this uh, policy. There, there was a there was a uh, uh, there was a bi- uh, free trade agreement that, that was supposed to be signed, but uh, that ultimately uh, did not see the light. Was TTP Trans uh, TPP Trans Pacific Partnership uh, that was a part of the uh, Obama's Asia pivot under which U.S. wanted uh, to uh, to bring all the uh, or most of the Asia-Pacific countries in one under one trade agreement, uh, under one free trade agreement. That would have largely undermined China's economic interest in the region. Uh, on the other hand, uh, U.S. was also building 
uh, was also, uh, you know, doing a lot of uh, military exercises with the regional countries and was building its military installations uh, surrounding the uh, Korean Peninsula. And it was also engaging with India, Japan, uh, to uh, encircle China militarily. And recently, uh, last year, in fact, uh, Japan uh, has a Japanese Prime Minister, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Shinzo Abe, he said he would, uh, he said that Japan needs a new interpretation of the Constitution in the sense that the, pacif- the pacifism that uh, Japan's uh, uh, Japan's uh, constitution promotes uh, is actually the, uh, to the extent that uh, if Japan is not attacked, it will not attack anyone at first place. But if Japan is attacked or if one of his allies are attacked, Japan will act in self-defense or allied self-defense. So this is also, this Abe's policy is also shaped by the Obama's Asia people strategy, which Obama wanted to, uh, Obama instigated to encircle China. And uh, these two things, uh, now, now coming back to Trump, uh, uh, Trump wants the sim- wants similar thing. Trump wa- uh, but not a trade war against China. Trump, what Trump wants, a uh, military uh, engagement with China, not in the sense that direct military engagement, but uh, provoking China once in a while, and uh, encircling China and making it clear to the Chinese uh, authority that Chinese government that. Uh, there are U.S. installations in the region, so China should major its act, major its move, while it engages with the allies of the U.S., including South Korea, India, and Japan. Uh, the Doklam issue is a, a very clear example what, of what Obama or Trump has achieved, especially Obama has achieved. Uh, recently, the Doklam standoff between India and China, in this standoff, China did not do much, whereas in other situations, China would have reacted uh, probably with mil- militarily. However, this time, China did not do anything because Obama has successfully uh, ins- installed many military ins- uh, installations throughout the Asia-Pacific and has made many military pacts, including with India, which will enable U.S. to easily uh, undermine China's defense if a war breaks out. So that threat, Obama was able to portray China very successfully, and that is why under Trump's administration, uh, uh, Trump went ahead with this, and China could not, in Doklam standoff, do anything but giving some statements and uh, some uh, condemnations over the issue. You've given us a lot to digest. There are many pieces on the Asian chessboard here. Do you have, uh, as we're running out of time, do you have any final thoughts or or comments to leave us with regarding the Asia-Pacific region uh, and perhaps what you think will happen in, in the near future? China will continue developing 
it's maritime and land-based Silk Road. Um, and you said you didn't think it would come to a larger conflict between Washington and China. So any final thoughts or, or comments? Well, uh, yes, uh, I, I, I would want to talk a bit about the Trump's policy against China, uh, against Pakistan in the Asia Pacific, that, that is a part of the Asia Pacific region. Uh, that uh, although it seems that Obama and Trump uh, wanted to uh, wants to Obama wanted and Trump wants to increase the military involvement and Trump again and again saying that it will win, but uh, I don't think that uh, there is any win for U.S. in Afghanistan because Pakistan will not. Uh, you know, allow allow such a situation to happen because if Trump wins in Afghanistan, that eventually means a win for India in Afghanistan. India now is the major enemy rival of Pakistan. Anything that gives India any sort of benefit, Pakistan would definitely try to undermine that attempt. So Trump attempt to win in Afghanistan, Trump attempt to undermine the Taliban insurgency is indirectly, Pakistan will be, will take indirectly that as an attack on Pakistan because uh, Pakistan has done a lot, a lot to uh, uh, undermine its rival India. And uh, India, along with US, is now strengthening and supporting Afghan national government against Pakistani-backed Afghan Taliban. So Pakistan will not, uh, uh, will not, you know, uh, get afraid of the uh, Trump's threats that he has given recently. Uh, in fact, Pakistan will continue do what it has been doing, which is Pakistan has been back, backing Masood Azhar, Azhar against Indian occupy, uh, Indian administered Kashmir and uh, Afghan Taliban against Afghan national government. So these two things, Pakistan will continue despite threats from Trump, uh, because uh, this uh, backing of militants in Afghanistan and Indian administered Kashmir is not, uh, you know, uh, it's not a, it's not a mere uh, strategy that is made out of uh, stubbornness. It is a very well thought strategy of Pakistan, uh, uh, and which has been shaped up in very upper layers of the Pakistani military and civilian establishment, because Pakistan knows if it has to survive in the region as a state, as a nation state, it has to undermine uh, India and the rise of India. At the same time, it has to keep Afghanistan under its umbrella, and the only way to do is is helping the Afghan Taliban and they will continue to do so and in case of India helping the Masad Azhar and his organization that again and again attacks India Indian administration Kashmir so that is that is why Trump would fail because Pakistan will not give up never because of Indian involvement however however if Trump would not have or Obama would not have uh, made their overtures towards India, situation could have been different. 
uh, situation could have been very different uh, if uh, U.S. and uh, U.S. administrations like Obama and uh, Trump had given full support to Pakistan and avoid India uh, or distance from India, the situation would have been like Pakistan then would be serious on engaging against Afghan Taliban, not in favor of Afghan Taliban, and uh, see that the Afghan Taliban is defeated. But unfortunately or unfortunately, the case is different. The scenario is different. Uh, Trump and Obama are not supporting Pakistan. They're supporting India. Thereby, Pakistan will continue its uh, support for Afghan Taliban. Okay, Mr. Foyzi. Um, thank you for your analysis, for your time. Um, how can people best follow your work? I know you write for many different outlets you also do have a twitter is there anywhere in particular that people can follow your writings or we just uh, find you on the internet there is this facebook uh, uh, facebook id of mine you can uh, find me there uh, in this part of the world facebook is much more popular than twitter so that, that's the best way uh, you can find me on facebook and the other is i have a uh, i have a blog that i do in wordpress uh, it's bahaudinfoyzi.wordpress.com. So you can find me there too. My writings are regularly uh, posted there as well. 